welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey everyone, happy Sunday. Welcome again to another online experience. So glad that you're with us this morning. I want to welcome our Kingdom Culture family, as well as all of those that may be new with us this morning or just been checking us out over the last several weeks. Welcome. Let us know where you're watching from in the chat. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this broadcast, whether it's on YouTube or on Facebook. It really helps us spread the greatest news that we've been given, and that's the news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for our lives to set us free from ourselves and set us free from the things that hold us back. And ultimately, we get to have this amazing relationship with him. And it's it's an experiential one. And that's what we're all about here as Kingdom Culture, helping everyone everywhere experience God. And just in this season, it just so happens to be that online is the main forum uh, that we use to do that. And we're praying every week that as you watch, as you connect in worship, as you connect with the online experience, that you would truly experience God in a real powerful way for your life. But it doesn't start or stop, sorry, on Sunday. It needs to continue every day after. So I want to encourage you to chew on the word even after Sunday. Even if you watch it on Monday, chew on it on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Just keep chewing on the word throughout the week, feeding yourself, investing in yourself, you know, loving on Jesus and watch what he does in and through your life. And especially if you're in Ontario, even during a lockdown, during a stay-at-home order, which we are all on right now, Again, so sorry that we're going through this, uh, but we're all going through this together if you're in Ontario. So, hey, we're lifting you up in prayer in this season. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep on moving forward. I just know God has something good for us out of this season. That's just who he is. He's a redemptive God. And we want to look at every situation in life through his redemptive eyes. And if we do, we're going to win even when it's a storm, even when it feels hard. We're going to find something good in the bad. And so today we're going to continue on our series, our mini three-part series called Divided. Okay, we're going to continue on. And uh, if you watched last week, and if you haven't, I would encourage you to watch last week. But if you watched last week, you knew that we talked about this idea of dealing with gray. Gray Gray being the neutral zone, gray being sort of the middle, not picking a side, not not really making a decision in life, kind of being neither here nor there. Talked about the, you know, the, the aspect of gray being kind of like lukewarm, which, you know, God references or John references, sorry, in the book of um, Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. And the three points that we we touched on in this uh, message is identifying motives, loving humility, and finding loyalty. And three elements of how we can deal with the gray in our lives and get off the fence of compromise. And so if you haven't heard that message, go back and listen to it. It's kind of the base 
starting point for this whole series. As you know, this series is based on James chapter 4. So we're going to continue in James chapter 4 this morning, and we're going to talk about, we're going to go to part 2. And remember, just want to give you a little bit of a, a caveat that, that this whole letter written by James, Jesus' half-brother, was written to new, the first, first century Jewish Christians. Now, this is the oldest book in the New Testament that was written. So knowing that, we're going to go back into James chapter 4, verse 11, and we're going to read uh, in verse 11 out of the Passion Translation. Let's go ahead. Dear friends, as part of God's family, never, everyone say never. Everyone say never. Say never. Say it as loud as you can. Never. Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against another family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love, and your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love by saying that it doesn't apply to you, but your duty is to obey it. There is only one true lawgiver and judge, the one who has the power to save and destroy. So who do you think you are to judge your neighbor. Who do you think you are to judge your neighbor? This is kind of, a, well, this is not kind of, this is a very direct um, rebuke, direct correction to what is going on within division. And you see this from the beginning of chapter four, within the division within the members, okay? Now, like I said in the first week, it's not just about the division with the people around us or the division within the environments around us, but James talks about it in, in the first two verses of chapter four about how the division starts within. It starts within, within our own life, our inward spiritual self. It starts within us, and if we can't deal with within, we will never be able to deal with what's happening on the outside of us. So today's message title and subject is casting down criticism, casting down criticism. Write this down. A critical culture is a divided one. A critical culture is a divided one. Now, I'm not talking about what many would understand to be constructive criticism. There is a big difference between destructive criticism and constructive criticism. One tears down while the other builds up. Constructive is helpful and destructive is harmful. Let me say that again. Constructive criticism is helpful destructive criticism is harmful. Now, let me read back in our, our opening verse, James chapter 4, the first verse, okay, it says this, this is like the focus right here. Dear friends, as part of God's family, we highlight that part, very important, as part of God's family, because you're a part of family, never, the word is never, never, there's no excuse to ever, ever do this, what he's about to say, and what he's about to say is speak against another family member. Then he goes on to describe that. This is another Passion Translation. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love, okay? In other words, destructive criticism is a violation, not only of your own heart, of your own life, but of the heart that God wants you to have towards his people. In other words, you violate his law of love. We're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And when we speak against, I'm not talking about constructive criticism. I'm talking about destructive, the harmful kind 
of criticism, when we speak against our neighbor or a family member in this context, as part of God's family, we are literally bringing a, a level of destruction to their lives. Now, let me just break down this word, okay, for you in the Greek that James is actually talking about. Because like I said, James is talking about a destructive criticism. That's why the word slander is another way of expressing this, this type of speaking against your neighbor or family member, okay? This word for speak against in the literal Greek, means to prattle on, okay? Which actually, if you don't know what the word prattle means, it's foolish or inconsequential talk. Foolish or inconsequential talk. It means to prattle on. It means to speak down it to in a hostile, deriding way, to mock, to revile. To, it, it detracts from someone's reputation, have you heard that before? Have you heard somebody speak against uh, a neighbor, a family member, a friend, um, someone in the workplace? Have you heard someone do that where they've spoken in such a way that it detracts from their reputation, literally tearing down their reputation, attacking their character, okay? It says detracting from, it means detracting from someone's reputation by malice of speech directed against one's neighbor to defame slander or backbite. Now, this is just to give you a little bit of an amplified, okay, an amplified definition of what James is talking about when he says never speak against a family member as part of God's family. So what I see from this, these few verses that we're kind of exploring today, what I see from this is James is actually charging us without even really saying it of certain things that we need to protect okay, by identifying and exposing the violation that takes place in destructive criticism, James at the same time is trying to get our attention to have um, a cer certain perspectives on two things that I see here that we need to protect so that we can protect against criticism and cast it down in and through and around our lives. Number one, write this down. I believe James, without saying it, is saying protect your tribe. Protect your tribe. He references dear friends as a part of God's family. Even that, that terminology, dear friends, we're connected. Because we're connected, I'm charging you with this idea of the value of protecting God's family because you are speaking against another family member, and it's violating God's law of love. I'm trying to get you to see that because you're a part of God's family, don't forget your first priority is to protect them. Protect those you love. Protect what I would call your tribe. Write that down. Protect your tribe as part of God's family. If you've said yes to Jesus, you are part of God's family, okay? And and there's the, those that are on a journey and God has a plan for you, and he's wooing you, he's bringing you in. But if you've said yes to Jesus, you're part of God's global sea church, body of Christ, you know. And obviously, we desire and God desires that everybody would say yes. I mean, he's inviting the world into relationship with him, and we have the choice to say yes or no. But if you're part of God's family, never speak against your another family member. And like I said, the word is never. There's never a time to slander or speak against, mock, revile, like the word says, um, uh, detract from someone's reputation, to speak to them in a deriding way, to prattle on foolish 
talk, okay? Foolish talk. Now, let me just, I want to just, as we continue on in this, protect your tribe. Let me just um, bring some more clarity and context to the difference between destructive criticism and constructive criticism. Destructive criticism, like I said, becomes a violation. You can write this down, a violation of God's standard, whereas constructive criticism becomes the validation of God's standard. Let me say it again. Destructive criticism becomes a violation of God's standard. Now, we see this here because it says a violation of God's law of love, okay? So destructive criticism becomes a violation of God's standard, whereas constructive criticism becomes the validation of God's standard. Now, let me explain this. God wants you to be the best version of what he created. Therefore, a constructive criticism simply becomes a validation that there is more for you to become. There's more for you. There's more growth potential. There's more capacity. There's more capability in your life to grow, advance, to mature in life. That God, when he looks at you, he sees that your roots could go a little deeper and you have more fruit to produce in your life. And so therefore, there's some constructive help, guidance, let's call it constructive criticism, to help grow you into the person that I see you are called to become. In other words, it's a validation that there's so much more for you to experience, so much more good for you to experience. Now, most psychologists agree that in general, okay, in general, and especially destructive criticism, does not lead people to change behavior. Instead, it creates anger and defensiveness on part of the person, on the part of the person criticized. Communication between the parties becomes shackled and positive relationships impeded. And I heard this statement, read it in a, in, a, in a psychology journal, that judging others is a reflection of who we are and what we're unhappy with. And I think that's a great statement, a great statement of truth, that often the way that we judge or the people that we judge or what we judge is truly a reflection of who we are and what we are already unhappy with in and of ourselves. And this judgment comes out in destructive criticism. We are critiquing people, tearing people down because there's something in them that we don't even know reminds us or reminds us of us. This is this is just, uh, I, and I think this is true in psychology. I mean, this is in out of a psychology journal uh, article that I read, and uh, it's so true, but it's kind of like what Jesus said about take the plank out of your own eye before you try to fix the plank in someone else's eye. Like, take some time to stop. It's so easy to focus on everybody else around you, what they need to fix, what they're wrong in, you know, how they're, you know, doing this and doing that, and you don't agree with it, and maybe it's hurting you or it's hurting others, and they, you might be 100% accurate. Okay, but don't forget that there may be a plank in your eye and that you also need to deal with the plank in your own eye. This is the, the words of Jesus, okay? Um, Honor de Balzac, which is a French no novelist, I might have not said that, Honor de Balzac, okay? I don't, I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but he's a French novelist, novelist, and he said this, be careful with your words and always remember, the more one judges, the less one loves, the more one judges, the less one loves. Now, this is a judgment and, of course, a non-biblical sense, a non-kingdom sense. Or Dale Carnegie, y'all know him. Any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain, but it takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. Character, self-control to be understanding 
and forgiving. Now, once again, the difference between constructive criticism and destructive criticism is the way often that the comments are delivered. Remember, one is helpful and one is harmful. You could actually say the same thing in two different ways and get two different outcomes, which is why the way we communicate is absolutely so vital if we're going to actually be constructive in our criticism and not destructive. Now, both forms of destructive and constructive criticism challenge our ideas, character, and ability, but destructive criticism is often just thoughtlessness by another person. It can also be deliberately malicious and hurtful. Destructive criticism can, and in some cases, lead to anger and or aggression, okay? Destructive criticism is designed strictly to ridicule and cause harm. The critic's aim is to destroy, belittle, and embarrass. This is all really connected to the Greek definition of what James is saying, never speak against one of God's family members, to mock, to revile, to detract from one's reputation. It is destructive criticism that gives people a fear of criticism in general and what gives it criticism and gives criticism in general a bad name. Okay. So I, I've read some of these things that I want to give like real specific language to helping us understand uh, the, the value of constructive, but also the the consequence of destructive. A few more things I want to read here. Constructive criticism, on the other hand, is designed to point out your mistakes, but also show you where and how improvements can be made. Constructive criticism should be viewed as useful feedback that can help you improve yourself rather than put you down. It's also designed to be helpful and is based on valid facts and observations. It's meant you to, in a business context, it's meant to help you grow your business, strengthen your business. One study that I read and uh, uh, online, one study from an undergraduate um, I, I read was very interesting to me, and I'm going to read the statement. I'm going to read what's written here. Undergraduates received either constructive criticism, feedback that was specific, considerate, and did not attribute poor performance to internal causes, or destructive criticism, which is feedback that violated these basic principles of their work. Those who received destructive criticism reported greater anger and tension and indicated that they would be more likely to handle future disagreements with the source through resistance or avoidance and less likely to handle disagreements through collaboration or compromise. In a second study that was done, undergraduates who received destructive criticism of their work on an initial task set lower goals and reported lower self-efficacy on two, on two additional tasks than did subjects who received constructive criticism or no feedback, okay? So now this is, this is one's person, uh, personal belief or ability to believe that they can succeed in a particular situation. That was lowered. Their ability to believe that they could succeed was lowered because of the destructive criticism. Proverbs 15 verse 31 says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. So now, you know, we're just, wanna, we wanna pivot and focus solely for a moment on the value of the constructive part of criticism, which I think we as a church need, not just kingdom culture, not, I'm not speaking about kingdom culture in, uh, specifically, but in general, around the world, we as believers in Jesus, part of the body of Christ, need, and not, not just even believers, just in general, the world, I mean, corporate environments, business environments, 
nonprofit environments, really every work environment, if we applied some of these principles, it would really help everyone succeed in their workplace. Proverbs 15, 31, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Wisdom is an outcome of healthy, constructive, building you up type of criticism. Proverbs 25, verse 2, to one who listens, valid criticism is like a gold earring or other gold jewelry, okay? And I love this, this illustration. They use this gold earring as an illustration because an earring piece or piercing the ear is an emblem of an emblem of a listening heart. This represented that you're hearing, you have a listening heart, you can hear. I mean, a lot of the Proverbs open up with that. My son, if you have ears to hear, listen, listen, like listen to the wisdom, listen to the wisdom, listen to the wisdom. A lot of us can't hear. A lot of us can't listen because we have a closed heart. We don't have a listening heart. We have a closed heart. And we're afraid of constructive criticism, maybe now, because we've been damaged by destructive criticism. A lot of people out there, we're afraid often of constructive because we've so been damaged by destructive. Now, every point of criticism is just feels, it feels destructive. Uh, we no longer can we see through the filter of that maybe this is actually good for me, we only hear the destruction part of it because we've been hurt in the past. Psalms 100 or Proverbs 119 verse 39 says this in the Passion Translation, defend me from criticism, talking to God, I face for keeping your beautiful words. God, defend me. As I step out, as I share what you tell me to share, as I do what you tell me to do, as I do what you want me to do, defend me from a criticism that will only tear me down and want me to cause or cause me to want to give up. So defend me because I'm sharing your words. I'm stepping out. I'm the delivery man. This is this is kind of the premise. I'm, I'm doing your thing, God. And I need that defense, that protection, because I, you know, I, I don't want to be brought down or stop what I'm doing because of criticism, an unhealthy sense of criticism. Proverbs 28, verse 13, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. And if you remember last week's message, we talked about um, standing up, not sitting down on the fence, but standing up for something, standing up, figuring out where do you stand? where What do you believe? What is your kingdom stance? We talked about, it's not about the political opinions, about all your, your, your facts and things that you're reading on the news. I'm talking about your kingdom stance. What's your kingdom stance in life? Are you in the middle? Are you in the middle? Are you on one side or the other? Are you lukewarm? Are you cold? Are you hot? Where do you stand? We're not called to sit. We're called to stand and stand up in loyalty. And this is kind of brings it back to my point is that we're called to stand up in loyalty to protect those we care about, protect those we love, protect our tribe, which is what James is saying. Never speak against your tribe. Never speak against another part of God, another person of God's family, okay? And and this is true in like our own family. I mean, this is kind of common sense. Like in our own family, you know, we're not every day waking up, you know, believing that it's a good thing to tear down our family members. There may be moments where you've made a mistake, you've slipped up, had a bad day, and you tore someone apart. You feel guilty about it, you apologize, you work it out, you connect, and you move forward. Nobody wakes up, most of the time anyways, planning to tear down those they love. And I think this is, this is, this is like, even in the church, 
I don't think we set out to do this, but I think through hurt, pain, bitterness, um, you know, maybe there's been destruction in our own life. How do we deal with that? Trying to destroy others. How do we deal with that? How, as we have been hurt, we try to hurt. Like we've heard, you've heard it said, rejection ends up rejecting or hurt people hurt people. I mean, it's true and it's unfortunate, which is why we need to always be doing some soul searching always be doing some soul searching. I try to teach our kids, and my wife and I try to teach our kids that like, you know, above anybody else, above anybody else, you have your siblings back. Before your friends, if you're outside playing, if something's happening, something destructive is happening, something bad is happening, a friend is, you know, making fun of you or making fun of your sister and you're in the and you're in that moment, you're watching and you don't do anything, you don't protect your tribe, you've just failed as a brother. You've just failed as a sister. Your first priority is your tribe. Your first priority is your family. Your first priority is those you love. Why? Because at the end of the day, all you have is those you love. You may acquaintances and so-called friends may come and go, but what you do have is family. Family is forever. And so we encourage this in our, our own kids' lives to, to, to challenge themselves, to have each other's backs in those moments and stand up to friends that may be doing something that's not right and to make sure that they know that their siblings are the priority in those moments. They're gonna protect their tribe. Matthew 12, 25, Jesus said it like this, a house divided against itself cannot stand. If there's backbiting, if they're speaking against each other, if there's destructive criticism, guess what? That unit is going to break apart. Constructive criticism has the ability to build up, destructive tears it down, divides it, breaks it apart. And here's the thing. I love what uh, Albert Hubbard says, says this, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. If you want to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Now, it's a radical statement of, of, of truth. I believe it's absolutely true, but the reality of it is it's untrue in the sense of you're, you're never able to actually do that. You're never able to actually avoid criticism. You're not able to avoid criticism by doing nothing, saying nothing, and being nothing. The reality, the, the reality of it is, especially if you're called to be a leader, you will get criticized. So you can't avoid criticism. The only thing you can avoid is constructive criticism, and this actually will stifle your potential growth. Okay? So I know we've addressed destructive. We've, ad we've been addressing constructive. The only thing that you can actually, because you'll never be able to avoid destructive criticism, okay? But you actually can avoid constructive criticism by not listening, evaluating, and saying, okay, how am I going to grow and go through this? How am I going to get stronger out of this? You can actually avoid that. But if you avoid constructive, you actually avoid growth. When you avoid constructive criticism, you avoid growth. Because you can't avoid destructive criticism, um, you know, you, you can avoid the impact of it, you can avoid the consequences of it, but you can't avoid it as a, 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 in general. If you're a leader on a platform, or if you have any kind of platform, or any influence in life, you're going to get criticized. And even if some of the things are facts, or un, uh, true or untrue, it's going to happen. You're going to get criticized. Now, I have definitely had my fair share um, being a leader, and especially being a leader, you know, on a, on a global platform and traveling around the world, and 
having the privilege of being in many, many different environments and situations in a ministry context or a public communication context, I've had my fair share of criticism. I remember this one trip I went on, it was actually in the UK, and when I landed, when I landed, I was supposed to do this like 10 days straight of meetings. And this was back in 2008. And when I landed, the pastor who was hosting me said, hey, by the way, um, a whole bunch of churches in the area made, or this one church in this one church, one main church in the area made a DVD, okay, back when DVDs were a thing, okay, made a DVD with you on it and a whole bunch of other speakers that they are all saying are false, you know, false prophets, false teachers. And um, this one church, Mainline Church, sent it around to all the other churches that are telling people to not go and listen to you talk at this one church I was going to. So that was how I was greeted. It was like, welcome, you know, to this amazing 10-day event. And by the way, um, you know, there's been some real destructive criticism around your ministry and who you are, and you've been lumped in and associated with all these other people that nobody likes or people don't like. And you you're made this, you put on this DVD and, you know, it was edited. And I, I felt kind of like blessed and, and honored in the sense of someone took the time to, you know, make this amazing bad video of me. But anyways, it was sent out and this was, this was how I was welcomed. But I, in that moment, had to choose to avoid the outcome and impact, even though I didn't know the people that did it. And so it's almost easier to avoid criticism from people that you don't know, or at least avoid the impact of it. And I was, I had to make a choice in that moment to not let that get to me, you know, not let that bother me and, and, and jar my focus for those 10 days of meetings that I was actually doing and there to do. Now, like I said, um, you know, if you're on a platform, you are an easy target. If you are a leader, you are a target for criticism. It will happen. And I have to say this, that some of the most powerful life lessons that I've had as a leader have been through not just constructive criticism moments, but also through destructive criticism moments. Even if there were facts were wrong, there was misunderstanding, misinterpretation, a lack of connection in the communication, even if some of that was all true, that the facts were wrong and the information was misconstrued or whatever, I could look through it and I would always take, and I still do to this day, if there's destructive criticism coming against me, I look at it and I say, God, is there anything in this? It feels destructive, it doesn't feel constructive. Is there anything in this that I can learn from? I think some of my most valuable lessons, even the fact that I'm open and I open myself up to do a self-evaluation, some of my greatest wins and victories and life lessons have been in those moments. And even, even if, like I said, all the facts were wrong, to actually move through that and move through it with support, with strength from others, but also getting a God perspective that he can turn anything bitter into something sweet, it just makes me stronger as a leader, makes me stronger as an individual, it gives me more wisdom to learn how to navigate these rough waters at times, you know, because sometimes it's easy to take constructive criticism, but sometimes it's hard to see if there's anything even hidden in the destructive types of criticism that could be true, that could be actually uh, something that I need to work on. And man, all of us out there, leaders out there, we need to look at both. I'm not saying focus and be consumed by destructive criticism, but take it, take it for a moment, 
Don't get consumed by it. Do some self-evaluation. If there's anything that rings true, maybe it could be some of the greatest uh, growth points of your life, mature points of your life. But like I said, if you if you get if you get consumed by the wrong kind of criticism, it can take you down a really dangerous, unnecessary rabbit hole that maybe you'll never be able to escape from. So you want to be very careful of how you juggle what's destructive and what's constructive in your life and continue to move forward. And I also would say this, that, you know, really in those moments, pursue counsel, pursue those that know you really well, pursue, and you can present. These are, these are the facts that this person is saying. Do you think this is true about me? Do you see any of this to ring true in my life. And maybe there's some constructive criticism in what feels destructive. And so, and this is all in the context of tribal community, family, like can we grow together and can we also make it a priority to protect uh, the, the tribe around us and, and be whatever we can be, to be positive and encouraging, to grow and, and, and deepen our relationship with God, not try to tear it down. So we have protect our tribe, number one. Number two, we have protect your heart, protect your heart. To violate God's love, Law of love means that we do not perceive right. This is verse 11. Dear friends, as part of God's family, never speak against family member. For when you slander a brother or sister, you violate God's law of love. You violate. Remember, slander, speaking against a family member, is a violation it's a violation of God's law of love. And the reason why there's a violation is because we're not protecting our heart. Our heart perspective has been taken down a track that it's not supposed to go down. We don't have a perspective of God's law of love. We don't have a perspective of who God is as love. He is Mr. Love himself. Let me keep reading. And your duty is not to make yourself a judge of the law of love. Almost like you become almost like God in the moment to make the calls. You become judge, jury, you become the prosecutor, you become the executor, you become it all in that moment and almost stand in the way of God's role. You violate God's law of love by standing in the way of God's role as judge, okay? It says here, by saying that it doesn't apply to you, but your duty is to obey it. Verse 12, there's only one true lawgiver and judge, the one who has the power to save and destroy. So who do you think you are to judge your neighbor? Remember, out of the heart flows all the issues of life. Proverbs 24 says that we are to guard our heart because out of the heart flow the issues of life. And the, the Bible also says that as a man thinks in his heart, in Proverbs, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What you believe about yourself will affect your actions, will affect your behavior. If you believe that you're called to be judge, jury, you know, prosecutor, executor, and, and all that, the, the critic of the day, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, I, I call people that they're, where their whole ministry, okay, is built on tearing down heresy in the church. They're like the heresy slayers. And they just, they write blogs, they do videos. Their whole goal is to pick apart everybody in, in the church, global church, big C church, that is wrong, you know, that shouldn't be doing what they're doing. You know, I remember on one blog, I was called a holy terrorist. I'm like, are you kidding me? And sure, sure, call me a holy terrorist. Like, I, I, I don't care. If, if you're calling me holy, great, that's great. Jesus is holy. And if I'm a terror to the enemy's kingdom, I'll take that. 
But if you're calling me a holy terrorist, that I'm tearing down the body of Christ, that's where I just don't, I don't jive. I don't believe that. My whole goal, my whole heart is to build up the body of Christ. And so once again, they're talking about the destructive part, but here's the thing. If you believe that you're called to be judge, jury, prosecutor, executor, it's going to affect your behavior, what you do. It will touch your ministries. It will touch your job, your career. It will touch every area of your life. And eventually you will see divide. You'll see division. If you build a platform with bitterness, if you build a platform, I I remember I shared this, this uh, thought, like, I think it was last year, maybe a year and a half ago, that, you know, if you, if you build a ministry on the backdrop of bitterness, it will get destroyed at some point. It will be blown apart. God wants us to build our ministry, our career, our businesses on the cornerstone of Jesus Christ, who he is, love, grace, mercy, compassion, humility, seeking the benefit of others above ourselves. When we build a platform of tearing people down, speaking against our family members, this is what James is talking about. We are no longer protecting our heart and we are open target to in and of ourselves be destroyed by our own division, our own self-inflicted division. We're called to protect our heart. I said it in the beginning, we violate our own heart as we violate others by not loving them the way that we should. And that's why verse 12 says, who do you think you are? You're not, you obviously don't believe in who God has created you to be because the outcome of what's happening in your life does not look like the law of love. And I I have to say say this just to be open and honest about my journey. You know, in the very beginning, when I first gave my life to Jesus— in a lot of ways, I acted like judge, jury, prosecutor, you know, executor. Like, you know, there, man, I used to get into some crazy spiritual arguments with people. And I felt like it was my role. And it was a legalistic driven motivation that I didn't even realize was there. You know, I'm like doing God a duty. I'm doing God a service. I'm showing people how they're wrong in this belief system and that belief system. And most of the time, they weren't even belief systems that really mattered overall. They were like little doctrinal differences or doctrinal battles that were so unnecessary that I would engage in. And it would literally suck the life out of me. It would like take the spiritual life out of me, emotionally, mentally. I leave these moments being like, what did I accomplish? Nothing. In the moment, it felt self-righteous. In the moment, it felt like I was almost doing God a service. And I learned through the years, I learned early on of, of what it looked like to trust God to do all of that. And that I can't change a person's thinking. I can't change a, person, a person's heart. I can't even change their belief system. I can speak the truth. I can encourage. I can share. I can teach. I can do all those things. But in the end, it's the Holy Ghost that's going to come and harvest the seed. I can't do all of it. I can maybe water it a little bit, but it's going to be the Holy Spirit that harvests the seed, that, that does the, the life transformation. And like I said, I, I I learned this early on, and I didn't know how to protect my heart. I didn't know how to perceive right, because when we don't protect our heart, we no longer perceive right. If we don't protect our heart, we're going to see God in a way that we're not supposed to see God, because our heart is not going to be aligned with His in the way it's supposed to. And if our heart's not aligned, we will not see. Our sight will not be in line with His as well. And so I hope this really encourage, encourages you this morning. Once again, this whole premise is about casting down 
criticism and the way that we do this, I believe James is giving us tools without even saying it, protect your tribe and protect your heart. Don't be a violation and don't violate God's law of love because you speak against someone in a way that tears them down and does not build them up. I think if there was ever a time in seasons like this, there's all these things happening around the world. We need to be the most encouraging people in the room. We need to be the people in the room that give hope where there's hopelessness. We need to be the people in the room that helps people see from a God perspective their potential. We need to give people in a room, in the room, the sight to see God's grace when all they feel is fear and all they see is failure around them. We need to be those people that bring healing when there's sickness, healing when there's struggle, strength when there's just weakness all around them. We need to be those people in this season. We can go online and get all the negative stuff and watch all the the crazy YouTube videos out there, look at social media and just be overwhelmed, bombarded with negativity, destructive criticism. We need to cast it down in this season. And like I said, it's not, I, I hope you don't hear that I'm saying we want to avoid criticism, uh, 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 all of criticism, because I've said there's something about invaluable, constructive criticism that we all need in our life. But what we, what we want to avoid the consequences of destructive criticism in this season by casting it down in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for everybody watching right now that may you may feel wounded. You may feel hurt. You may feel like you've been destroyed, maybe in marriage, maybe as a parent, maybe as you know, in your friend groups, as in as with your coworkers, in whatever environment you find yourself in, you may feel wounded. You may have, you know, been the victim of destructive criticism. I want to pray that God would just touch your life right now, touch your heart, touch your mind. God, I pray that you would overwhelm that individual right now with healing. Give them healing right now. Wherever they are right now, I pray that you'd overwhelm them with great healing, where destructive criticism has really just damaged them. And now they can't even hear the constructive criticism that's coming at them to grow them, mature them. God, I pray that you would do a miracle in and through them in Jesus' name. God, rock their world this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue some ministry right after this, so stay tuned. There's going to be some more ministry. You're not going to want to miss it. I hope this encourages you for part two of our Divided series, and we will see you next week for Mother's Day. Awesome, guys. Yes. What an amazing message. What an amazing word. Part two so of the Divided series. Super encouraged by this. Really be about like protecting our hearts in this season. And yeah. I want to just start by praying for you right now. Let's do it. I believe that God wants to protect your heart. I don't know yeah. where you are. Maybe you were hurt. Yeah. Maybe you're hopeless. And I just believe that God wants to touch your heart. Mm. It's so key. It's where the source of all life comes. So I yeah. just declare right now, Jesus, touch everyone's heart right now. Yeah. We declare that every heart is protected, Father. Yeah. That in this season, Father, that we have and we look two things through your perspective father that we protect our hearts from the earthly circumstances that are around us yeah for the things that are maybe not going the way that we think that they should be going father that we protect our hearts father Come in on. this season that you yeah. really build a wall of protection father yeah 
that our hearts don't lose focus on Jesus, don't lose focus on what you're yeah. doing, that our hearts don't lose heaven's vision. They're not distorted by what's yeah. going on around us, Father. Yeah. I just pray for fresh hope to our hearts, Come that on. you really deposit such a, a, a new a new way of like even loving you, Jesus, of experiencing yeah, 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 yeah. your love, Father. May our hearts not be protected to receive your love. May they be open to your kingdom, Father. Mm. Open to what heaven wants, Father. Because the, we build the, the relationship with you. That's how we yeah. protect, Father. So yeah. I just declare right now that you may touch every heart, Father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. God, we thank you, Father, for giving us vision, Father, Lord, mm -hmm. that you've given us vision of what it looks like to prosper mm -hmm. in your name, Father, in a season and in a time where it feels like there's no prosperity, Father, you've got, mm -hmm. you've called us to prosper. Yes. And so, Father, I pray that you would protect our, our ears and our eyes, Father, to be able to look towards you to know what to do and how to move forward in life, mm -hmm. Father, that you would mm -hmm. protect our vision, Father, Lord, where we've had dreams, Father, where we feel like we cannot pursue those dreams anymore, Father, that you would protect those dreams, Lord, that you would protect that vision, mm -hmm. Father, that you would protect those prophetic words that have been yes. spoken over our lives, Father, yeah. so we can continue to believe that mm -hmm. you're going to do exceedingly abundantly above all things we can yes, ask, Father. think, or imagine, mm -hmm. Father. And so, Lord, I thank you, God, that you're a God of the impossible. Mm -hmm. God, that you're a God of the impossible. So, Father, we thank you that you're protecting our dreams and our visions, Father. Mm -hmm. You're giving us hope, Father, that yes. you are the King of kings, Father. You're the Lord of lords. And so, Father, we we lift you up, Father. Yeah. We, just, we just lift our eyes to you mm -hmm. in this season, mm -hmm. Father, that, that when we look to you, Father, we're protecting our, our vision, Father. We're protecting our heart, our soul, Father. Mm -hmm. And so we just bless your name, Father, we just thank you, God, that we get to pursue the dreams that you've put in our heart, mm -hmm. no matter what the world is going mm -hmm. through, Father. So give us that vision, Father. Mm -hmm. Continue to pour into us, Father. Continue to guard our hearts in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, Father. Yeah. I, I just continue to, I just feel like God wants to continue to yeah. grow us stronger in this season. This yeah. is not a season to be flaky. This is not a season to be uh, unstable. I think, I really believe that God wants to bring that stability. Yeah. And I just declare right now stability over your house, yes. over yeah, your yeah, job. Yeah. Maybe you're hopeless about a job. I just mm. declare that God makes a way where yeah. there seems to be no way. Maybe Come you're on. tired of your job. I just pray that maybe what you need is a boost of strength and look from yeah. a different perspective. God doesn't waste any season in your life. And I yeah, believe yeah, that yeah. this is a season that he wants to use you yeah. wherever you are. Yeah. Just say, God, is my time done here or do you have more for me? And just be open to receive and just yes. to go the extra mile, just to be light where you are, Father. I just declare that you grow the influence of your people right yeah. now, Father. Just yeah. really feel that. Like if you want to grow in influence right now, just open your hands like that, Father. I just declare yeah. greater authority over those, everybody watching right now. Greater yes, influence, Father. Greater boldness, Father, for us to walk, Father, worthy yeah. as sons and daughters of the King of yes. kings, of the Lord of lords. Father, just speak authority over your children, Jesus. I declare yeah. that we walk yeah. in the proper Come authority, on. Father, that we walk, we see healing, Father, that we get the access of the mind of Christ. We are not afraid in this season that we position ourselves yeah. worthy of our calling, worthy.
worthy as sons yeah, yeah, and yeah, daughters yeah. of the King of Kings. And yeah. guys, I really want to encourage with that. He is the desire of the nation. He mm. in him all yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah, yeah. are ours. That's so good. we lack nothing. So I just Come speak on. with any mentality that we are lacking in this season. Yeah. I just break the power of that lie yeah. and declare that we are winning. We yeah. are winning because we have the one that has all the gold, mm. all the silver. Be on our side. He's our God. He's our yeah. King. So I declare yes. that all things are ours. We remember that. Yeah, yeah, May yeah, we yeah. remember that. May we re revive that in our hearts in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there's somebody out there who needs to hear that you're the apple of his eye. Mm. You're the apple of his eye. I don't know who that's for, but I just believe that God wants you to know wow. that you're the apple of his eye. Mm. So, Father, we just thank mm. you that, that you are, that you've given us to this world, Father, you've blessed us to mm -hmm. be a, a, a fruit to this world, that you've called us to be sweet, Father, mm -hmm. that you've called us to be nourishing to this city, Father, to this world. So, Father, we just pray for whoever it mm -hmm. is that needs to hear, you're the apple of their eye. Wow, wow, wow. In Jesus' name. In yeah. Jesus' name. I also feel like people, I see, I saw people tr with uh, trouble with sleeping. Uh, I don't know why also I see like a girl mm. from like either 20, 30 years old wow. having, having problems with insomnia. I just declare and like if you you are, doesn't matter if you're a girl or not, if you have been experiencing insomnia, if your mind is too agitated at night that you cannot sleep, I just declare right now. Jesus, that you come and heal them from insomnia, Father. That yeah, you yeah, you yeah. give come them on. the peace and the rest wow. that they need in this season. Father, I speak rest yeah. for those that are come needing on. rest, yes, that are Lord. battling anxiety, Father. Yeah. We declare that they are free from anxiety, Father. We cast to you our anxiety and we trust you, yeah. Father. In Jesus' name, I declare healing over insomnia right now for everybody watching yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, that was so powerful. That was so incredible just to see God move. Yeah. And in this small moment that God mm -hmm. still moves just as fast today as he did, you know, 2,000 years ago. And so if you're like, man, yeah. I want more of this. I want to experience Jesus. I just want you uh, to repeat this prayer after me. I want to yeah. extend this opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus this morning. So just re repeat this prayer after me and say, Jesus, I thank you for giving life. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins past, present, and future. I thank you that you mm. love me unconditionally. Yeah. That there's nothing that can separate us. Mm. And I say yes to you today. And from this day forward, I will continue to say yes to yes. you. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you said that, we're super yeah. excited for you. Absolutely. We want to get connected with you. So either tell us in the chat or send an email to prayerkingdomculture.ca. We'd yeah. love to connect with you. If you have a specific prayer request that wasn't prayed by us during this prayer ministry time, let us know. We'd love to continue to pray yeah, for you throughout the week. Not only on Sundays, we're believing and partnering with you for your breakthrough, for your miracle. And yeah. God is for you. Remember that all things... Yes. that we have like all things is already ours because he has it all so love you guys i i, I really declare an amazing week come on from your life let's go Rewatched last week if you didn't catch last week's part one from the message and having have a good one have a good two have a good three <laughs> love you guys love you guys have a great week bye